I turn to Luke 2 today. That's going to be our passage of Scripture. And worship team, uh, Rich and Sean and Kayla, if you guys could just be on the ready. I felt led to go back into worship at the end of today's service as I was sitting there for just a moment and collecting my thoughts before I got up here. And uh, I really still feel like there's a work that the Holy Spirit wants to do in our service by way of this. And I feel this so strongly in my heart this morning that especially this time of year, we can get so busy, we can get so hurried, we can get so caught up in the season that we just forget that God wants to do a work in our lives and in our hearts every single day of our lives. And as you came in here this morning, I think there's a tangible joy that God wants to deliver into your life and into your heart. Because we know this is the season of joy, but I also know with this amount of people that are before me today, I know and understand that sometimes this season can be tough. We can be thinking about the loss of loved ones. We can be thinking about difficulties that we know are going to happen right after the first year, whatever it is. I just believe that there's a real genuine peace and joy. Sometimes joy is a decision. Amen? Yes. I, I mean, I love, my favorite Christmas song is, It's the most wonderful time of the year. Did you guys like that? Did you like my little singing? All right. And I turned on the radio the other day, and that song, you know, it's the big orchestra, right? The big orchestra comes in. Bah, 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 bah. And I turned it on, and I was listening to it, and those notes started hitting, and I kind of thought to myself, Lord, is it the most wonderful time of the year? Is it? Because sometimes we get bad news, don't we? Yes. And it can happen at this time of year and kind of take our attention off the fact that I have to choose joy. I have to choose. As we read our scripture this morning, I first want to talk about bad news and good news. Everybody say bad news. news. Everybody say good news. news. Amen. How many like to get your bad news before your good news? This is curious. I kind of like the good news first, so I'm, I'm, I'm ready for it. Amen, Brother Glenn? Just kind of feel like it reminds me of uh, the young man that went into his living room. His dad was sitting in the recliner. He walked in. He said, Dad, I got bad news and I got good news. He said, well, give me the bad news first. He said, the airbags in your truck work really well. (laughs) Or another story I heard was uh, uh, a couple were living up in Georgia. And they had two children. The children, one lived in Louisiana, the other one lived out west in California. And the dad called the son up one day and he said, son, I know it's Christmas time. I know you guys can't come home, but I just want to let you know that your mom and I are going to get a divorce. Well, he exploded. He blew up. He said to his dad, dad, I can't believe this time of year. I can't believe you guys would split up, get divorced. I tell you what, I'm going to call my sister. So he hangs up the phone. He calls the sister, lives in Louisiana. He told the sister, he said... He said, can you believe mom and dad are going to get a divorce? He said, it's Christmas time. I can't believe this. So she exploded. She got real defensive. She got really upset. So she calls the parents up. The dad answers the phone, and she's upset. Dad, I can't believe that you and mom can't fix this. My brother and I are going to fly over there, and we're going to be home for Christmas. He hangs up the phone. He looks at his wife. He said, I've got good news. The the kids are coming home, and they're paying for it. Amen? So there's good news and there's bad news. I don't think we can get to the good news of Christmas unless we first have an understanding of the time that they were living in as we open up Luke 2 and we read here, starting in verse 8, about the announcement that the Savior would be born. This is the time of year where we celebrate with, with family and friends 
and we give gifts and presents. And just remind you, as you're buying gifts, whether it be for our Christmas tree or a loved one or somebody that's in need, when you're buying those gifts, I want to remind you today of the greatest gift that has ever been given is the birth of our Savior, Jesus Christ. And we fail to understand the darkness that these people were walking in. You're talking about hundreds of years of darkness. Families were being ripped apart. Refugees were flooding into the area. They were under Roman occupation. They didn't know who was going to to save them. They didn't know who was going to come to their rescue. And as we look today in Luke 2, uh, verse 8, look there with me. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them. And they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. Suddenly a great company of the heavenly host appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven, and on earth peace to those on whom his favor rests. When the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. Father, for these next few minutes and moments, as I deliver your word, as always, I ask for your help. Holy Spirit, you're the helper, so I pray that you would help me deliver your word in the spirit and heart that it's intended to bring life, to bring peace, to bring joy, to bring healing. Lord, when you saved us, you saved us to the very uttermost every area of our life, that we can surrender to you. You desire to have the blessing of heaven upon it. So I pray today, anything said of Jason Hanks would fall by the wayside, but anything that's said under the unction and anointing of the Holy Spirit would go into the hearts of the people present. And Father, you would have your way in our lives and in our hearts, that you would bring peace and joy. And we declare today, God, that you are a mighty God, that you're a wonderful counselor, you're the Prince of Peace. In Jesus' holy name. And all God's people said, Amen. Amen. So when they arrive, they declare and announce good news, peace on earth. But you can't get to the good news until you understand the bad news. And the bad news, as I already mentioned, was that they were living in very dark times. I think that their times parallel the times that we are living in today. That's why this isn't just uh, uh, verses from Luke chapter 2 that is very famous and read this time of year. But I want to minister along the lines of you can't get to the good news until you understand the bad news. The bad news is we are living in a very strange world. Amen? (laughs) I don't watch the news, but uh, last week, week, two weeks ago, maybe week before last, come to think of it, I happened to turn the news on. And man, it's amazing how a 30-minute newscast can just absolutely just give you anxiety. Amen? I mean, here's what I heard. I heard that inflation is still out of control. I heard that Russia and China may, you know, cause some things to come against the United States of America. So you have, I, I heard about geopolitical things going on. I heard about inflation and gas prices. And I also heard, and they mentioned that, that suicide rate is higher than it's ever been. The, the people are so hopeless and so fearful and so anxious of their future that they don't even feel like they could live. From 1999 to the year 2019, so not even counting this decade, decade yet, suicides were up 33% just in that time frame. But if you'll notice something, 
We have the best medicine, we have the best health care, we have what we think of one of the best countries in the world, but what I look at when I look at the news is we can look around us and say we're living in some very dark, difficult times because people really are hopeless. People really don't know where to turn and they don't know. Every 11 minutes, somebody takes their life in this country. That means just in the time that we've been gathered here this morning that there would be a handful of people, four or five people that just decided that it's not worth living anymore. And they came to announce good news. And my point is this. The bad news is that the world is broken. You have to understand that as we read the Christmas story this morning, as we talk about the hope that is found in Jesus Christ, as we talk about the fact that he was sent to save his people from their sins. When we talk about that, we need to understand an important uh, principle throughout the word, because here's what society will tell you, and it's not lining up with the Bible and what God said, because secular society will say, If we could just make a better government, if we could just make better hospitals, if we could just make better medicine, if we could just make better things. And listen to me, all those things are important. But if you'll notice something about that is it's always pointing to us as the answer for the problems that we have. And I came to tell you the bad news this morning is that the world can't fix the problem that we have because it's always pointing to society as the solution. And I got news for you this morning. This may encourage you. It may not. But it's the truth of God's word. The problem isn't society. The problem is me. And the reason that that is empowering this morning is because if you're always looking out here for somebody else to solve the problem that you have, when Jesus arrived on the scene and this was announced, they began to think Jesus is going to come and fix all of these societal problems. Jesus didn't come just to fix society, although when we follow his word and live by his will, society will fix itself because we're fixing ourselves. And we all have a big problem in this house this morning. Each and every person, it's we were born in sin. That's the problem. Another thing that I've come to the conclusion of is that God is God and I'm not. I've come to a wonderful revelation that God is really, really, really big and I am really, really, really small. So we are constantly looking for the answers outside of what the Bible tells us that the answer is. And I came to tell you something simple but very powerful this morning. Our answers are found in the Word of God and the, in the person of Jesus Christ. The announcement that was given on that day was the best announcement that could have been given. That unto you a Savior is born. It's beautiful. My question today is, if all the things that I mentioned, better medicine, if we could just get the stock market right, if we could just elect the right leaders, and again, all those things are important. Don't hear your pastor mistakenly this morning. But my question that I thought of when I looked around at the condition of this world and looked at the bad news of this world and began to, began to evaluate this, a question came into my mind that may have came in, come into your mind. If all those things could fix us, then why are we still in the same situation we've always been in? Are you tracking with me this morning? Look, we've printed more money than ever before, and people are still dying hopeless. We have the most advanced medicine in the history of the world, yet people are still committing suicide. We have more info at our fingertips than ever in the history of mankind, yet we're still as ignorant as what we've ever been. 
You say, I came here to get, I came here to get encouraged today. What are you, listen, you can't get to the good news unless you understand the bad news. And the bad news is apart from a relationship with Jesus Christ, you are lost. And God desires when He sent His Son, He wanted to save His people and He wanted to give them blessings of life that if you'll follow Him and make a decision, I already mentioned it, but it is so important to understand, we have to make sometimes a decision to choose joy this time of year. Sometimes we have to make a decision to choose peace this time of year. Sometimes we have to make a decision that we're going to follow Him and not everything we see with our eyes going on around us. And really the question that came to me is not this morning, what are you going to do, but who are you going to surrender your life to? Because the blessings that God pronounced here in Luke 2 come by way of surrender. Everybody say surrender this morning. And that's really the question Jesus asks us continually, not just one time, but I would say every single day of my life, God looks at me and says, Jason, are you just going to surrender everything to me once again? I don't know about you. I have a tendency to give it to God and then come over and take it back, right? We're like those gift givers that... Is anybody a re-gifter in here? You do a little re-gifting? Yeah. Remind me not to come to your house for a Christmas party. But the question God has been asking me lately, and it ties into Isaiah that we're going to look at here in just a moment. The question that God keeps asking me is, Jason, are you going to let me reign in your past your present, and your future? Because that's the decision we really need to deal with this morning. I told the Lord the other day, God, I want my Christmas season to be about you and what you have done for me, what you have provided for me, the goodness of God. Even though 2023 may have been a rough year for me, and it may have been a rough year for you, at the end of this year, heading into 2023, 2022 rather, may have been a rough year for you. But I just want to say that if you can make a decision this morning to choose that Prince of Peace, to choose that Everlasting Father, to choose that Mighty God, to choose the one that is so intimately in love with you and concerned about every detail of your life, it's amazing what God can do with a surrendered heart. And we're going to look at Isaiah this morning. You can go ahead and turn there, Isaiah 9. The Lord speaks to his people 700 years before this announcement in Luke 2. 700 years he announces this in the word of God. And there's a prophecy that goes forth that Christ would be born. And it's one of 300 Old Testament prophecies concerning the Messiah, the Christ. And Isaiah gives us the opportunity to make a decision about Jesus. He tells us who he is. He tells us what he's all about. So even before he came to the manger, even before he was born to the Virgin Mary, he was letting them know about the sinless life that Jesus would live, about his walk upon earth. If you're in Isaiah 9, say amen. Look here at verse 6. For unto us a child is born, that's speaking of Jesus. To us a son is given, the son of God, given for grace. And the government will be on his shoulders and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, and the Prince of Peace. Not one name. 
before names that are given paralleled in describing who he would be to us. And when you get to know the Lord and you've walked with him for a length of time, we could all agree and we could all testify that he's many things at different times to each of us. But Isaiah wanted the people to know that in a few hundred years, in the darkest time, in the darkest season, in the darkest place that they looked around and found themselves in, he is these things to us. He's a great gift this morning. Amen. Amen. The greatest gift we could ever receive and the greatest gift the Father could, could have given. Forty times in the New Testament, it speaks of Jesus being the gift. Paul talked in Corinthians. He said, thanks be to God for his indescribable gift. So the greatest gift that we could receive is the Lord. And it takes a decision. It takes a decision to receive that gift. So number one this morning is it says Jesus will be a wonderful Counselor. Everybody say wonderful counselor. In the Hebrew, that literally means supernatural, extraordinary, and perfect wisdom. I want to tell you, when you call upon the name of the Lord and you make a decision to give something over to Him, I came to encourage your heart this morning that one of the names that He declared the Messiah, the Savior, Jesus would be, is He said He would be wonderful counselor. You need some wisdom in your life this morning. You need to know which step that you're going to take into your future. Can I tell you who the wonderful counselor is? He is Jesus and he will lead you and guide you into all truth. What does that mean to me when I read that? I see the wonderful counselor is he has complete understanding of your situation this morning. He has complete and total intimate knowledge. So in other words, when I go to somebody for counseling, or perhaps I go to a counselor, and I were to sit down in a room, and they were to begin to tell me as I sit there, listen, I am perfect. Everything that I'm getting ready to tell you, if you will do it, will lead you to a place of freedom and blessing and and God's favor on your life. We would be like, you need a counselor. Because there is nobody that is perfect. But when it says wonderful counselor, the meaning just could be as much wonderful as it is mighty counselor or perfect counselor. Because when Jesus gives you his counsel, I came to tell you, he doesn't just give you his counsel. He gives you the power to complete his counsel. Isn't that good news? The bad news is things are stranger and darker than they've ever been. I had an encounter this morning early when I was going to get coffee early, early this morning, right there in my own neighborhood. And I thought, Lord, these are strange days that we're living in. There's things ahead of me that I don't know how to navigate. There are situations ahead of me. Young people, listen to me. There will be places in your life where you don't know what to do. I came to tell you when you have a relationship with Jesus, He wants to counsel you. And not just in a way that's going to give you something. He is going to give you the counsel that's going to lead you to life. He's a wonderful counselor. You may be here this morning and think, man, nobody understands me. Nobody understands my situation. Nobody understands what we know is coming down the pike after the first of the year. Came to tell you somebody this morning that he is a wonderful. What that literally means is a miraculous counselor. (laughs) His miraculous working power comes with his word. His miraculous working power in any of our lives comes with his counsel. And he came to empower you. So when God gives you something to do, he will give you the power to even do it. 
I don't know what your problem is today, but I came to just tell you as they announced that there's good news. The good news is that He is a mighty God. He is an awesome counselor and He will do it in your life. If we just stopped right there, that would be incredible. That if when God gives us our, His counsel, He also empowers us to do it. Amen? Don't tell me you can't live above sin because God empowers you. Grace is an empowering word. So number two this morning, as he said, Isaiah says, he's a mighty God. Everybody say mighty. Mighty. You know what that means in the Hebrew? That means invincible. When you come to God and you need him as your wonderful counselor, when you come to God and you need him to lead you into something, he empowers you. But I want to tell somebody this this morning, whatever you're facing, he is a mighty champion. He is a mighty God who is victorious over death, hell, and the grave because he is invincible and he won the victory. Everybody has this, this, this image of Jesus. And I love Christmas time. I love the sim- symbolism of the light on the tree that Jesus was born as the light of the world. I love this time where we give gifts and we spend time together as a spiritual family and our natural family. And I love this time of year. I, I, I love to celebrate it. I came to tell some people this morning that he's not just a baby in a manger anymore, y'all. He isn't. He isn't. He is a victorious God. That's what mighty God means. Jesus is the champion because Jesus, literally mighty, means a warrior. Do you know your God fights your battles for you? If you will make a decision to surrender to His counsel, to His word, walk in obedience to what He's telling you to do. And then it goes on to say He's a mighty God because He's no longer a baby in a manger. He was victorious over death, hell, and the grave. He's victorious. Aren't you thankful that He bore the penalty for your sin? He bore the penalty... He resurrected. We had a big problem, and that problem was death. Jesus conquered death, hell, and the grave. He's a mighty God. You say, what's He mighty in? He's mighty in whatever it is that you have need of. I, I came to tell you this morning, you need healing? He's a healer. You need a financial breakthrough? He's a God that if you're obedient to follow Him, you can claim His Word. Remind Him, God... You said you would take care of me. You said you would never leave me or forsake me. And He has the power to deliver you. What does mighty God speak to me? For me, mighty God means that He's strength in the struggle that you're facing. Anybody else feel like you just are exhausted and strength is left? He's not just a wonderful counselor. He is a mighty God. Then they call him everlasting father. Amen. You know, just saying that. Everybody say everlasting father. Just saying that calms me. It does. There's just a peace that floods my soul. When I realize that he was declared as the everlasting father. Let that just marinate in your heart for just a minute this morning. Just bow your head and close your eyes. Let that marinate. God is your everlasting Father. He didn't just declare Himself as your counselor. He didn't just declare Himself as the mighty warrior God who will fight your battles for you. But He wanted them to know that there's going to be an intimacy 
that is going to be birthed by the, in the hearts of the people by the Holy Spirit. And there would be a revelation. Look back this way with me. It speaks of a forever love that God presented to us at Christmas. Can I tell you this morning? God knows your faults. He knows your weaknesses. He knows your ups and your downs. He knows when you lie down and when you raise up. He knows when you go this way or you go that way. He knows those things intimately. And can I tell you something this morning? He still loves you. He still has concern for every area of your life. When you say a yes to God, when you make a decision for Him, one of the most amazing revelations that you can have is the fact that you are now adopted into the kingdom of God. That you are no longer separated, but you are now a son or a daughter of a heavenly Father who is perfect. Listen, when you have a correct view of God as an everlasting Father, here's what it does for me. It empowers me to live my everyday life. Because when I wake up in the morning, I may have days where I woke up on the wrong side of the bed. Right? Leah doesn't have those days. I have those days. I wake up on the wrong, or things just go wrong throughout that day, or you know, you're dealing with physical things that you're like, God, I've been crying out you know, about this for months and months and months. I want you to receive the word that was given by Isaiah that says, He is your everlasting Father. The, the picture of God that we need to just get into our heart this time of year is an understanding of the story of the prodigal son and the proper view of God that Jesus came to present to his people was that of a, of a tired-eyed father. A father who wasn't going to be content with their child being off somewhere, but a father who was going to be intimately involved in weight and love and, and receive that son back to him. You know, this, that's probably the most single difficult Reality that I've personally had to come to grips with in my life is God being my father, right? Why is that so difficult for us? Is when he declares, when Isaiah says he will be your everlasting father. When we hear the word father or dad, sometimes we get a wrong image because we were raised by fathers who were imperfect. Amen? Amen. And we attach what we understand about God based upon what we saw modeled as a father. For me, I'll just share with you, about 12 years old, my parents split up. They got divorced. And uh, I remember what that did for me, and it could do for other people when you have parents that split up, is you kind of get this picture of, wow, when I wake up tomorrow, is God still going to be with me? Right? Yeah. Is God really still for me? Can I tell you this time of year at Christmas, when he says everlasting, he didn't just say, I'm going to be your father. Everlasting. Every day he is concerned about every detail. Every day he is concerned about every area of our life. He's the always loving, everlasting, never-ending Father in your life. The fourth name Isaiah uses, and you can go ahead and come, worship team. We're gonna, is it okay if we worship again at the end? I really think the Holy Spirit wants to minister. It'll be a few minutes, so just sit tight. It says he's the prince of of peace. Everybody say Prince of Peace. Prince of Peace. So he's a ruler. I think the real question is, what kind of rule does he bring when he comes? Isaiah could have used a lot of adjectives to describe who he would be, 
And he chooses these, that he's a wonderful counselor, he's a mighty God, he's an everlasting father. And then he comes and he explains to them, as that announcement is given, that unto you today a child is born, and he will be the prince of peace. I said it before and I'll say it again. We oftentimes, we oftentimes think peace is the absence of conflict, but that is not true peace. True peace is the presence of a person. And that person brings wholeness in every area of our lives. When he says that he will be the prince of peace, I don't want you just to get uh, uh, maybe uh, something in your mind this morning that says, well, I've got a relationship over here that's broken. I've got a difficulty over here that God could bring peace. When God saves us, he wants to bless every area of your life. When you listen to him, when you acknowledge Him and receive Him and make Him your everlasting Father because of adoption through the blood, of adoption through, through the Holy Spirit and regeneration and repenting of your sins and beginning to learn of Him and walk after Him. He wanted them to know, and that's called salvation. And I came to tell you, that's not just salvation from your sins so you could go to heaven. God wants to lead you in every single thing that you do. He wants to bless you financially. He wants to bless you emotionally. He wants to take care of you and bless you in every single area of our lives. In other words, He's a right now Savior. Today, in this moment, He's a right now Savior. Wouldn't you agree that Christmas time is a magnifier? Yes. It really is. It it magnifies things. So if you're walking through a difficult, dark season of loneliness or anything like that, it can, or you're worried about something coming up, doctor's report, or worried about something in the new year that's on the horizon, it, this season kind of magnifies those things. It's that time of year when the magnification of whatever we're walking through is there. And all these descriptions that God gave here in Isaiah, are so profound and important for us to understand as we surrender our lives to Jesus, as we understand the bad news of our condition, the bad news of our condition. This is bad news, but it's the best news you could hear this morning. You can't save yourself. You know how many people out there think, well, I'll just, I'll, I, I'm, not, I'm not that bad of a person, right? And oftentimes... We need the help, but we don't know where to get the help. So, scriptures like this on Isaiah are very clear that when you make Him Lord of your life, this is who He is going to be to you. I've used this illustration before, but I want to use it again because it illustrates when we come into relationship with God, He now is your provider, He is your Savior, He is your Lord. He is to be your all in all. He should be everything to you in every moment of your life. I kind of liken it to in our lives because sometimes we think, well, I got something coming up that's worrying me or whatever. We sometimes think, well, I can just, I can just, you know, knuckle down and just get through this. Can I tell you, we're not supposed to just get through life. We are supposed to be victorious. Amen. That's the Christian life. That's the believer's inheritance in him and it kind of reminds me of old school wrestling back when wrestling was real when i watched it with my dad in the 80s i don't know what this stuff nowadays is 
but real wrestling. Real wrestling, and my favorite wrestling matches, church, my favorite wrestling matches were the ones where, of course, it always lined out like this. Some of you younger people may not watch this or whatever. It was always the good guys versus the bad guys, right? And we, we all knew, I'm talking about when it was real. We all knew that the first guy to get in the ring is wrestling and he's fighting and he's wrestling the bad guy and the bad guy tags the other guy and they jump in on him and sometimes two of them would come in and they'd get on top of him and they'd start to hit the canvas one, two, three and he'd lift that shoulder up and he would be worn out and he would be, he would, he would be almost ready to give in and he'd be almost ready to, to throw in the towel. And if you came in that situation this morning where you felt like, I'm ready to throw in the towel, I don't understand what's going on in my life, can I tell you that he's a mighty God, a wonderful counselor, an everlasting father. He is the Prince of Peace. And what the beauty of this is, is that we can tag somebody else in that is ready to jump in and to fight your battles for you because God did not leave us alone. He gave us the spirit of the living God in order to lead and guide us every single day of our lives. That's what those names mean to me. It means when I get overwhelmed and when I don't know what to do, Steve, and when I'm walking through a dark valley, I can just tag in my Heavenly Father because He says He's the everlasting Father. He's the one that's concerned about every area of our lives. He is the one who is ready to jump in and to take care of us. Pastoring a church, I know, and look out across this congregation, I know some of the things you are facing. I know some of the reports that you've been given over this last year and the, those times when everything just blindsides you. And you weren't expecting that. There's those seasons where they weren't expecting to get the announcement for today unto you a Savior is born. Today, He's not a baby in a manger. He's a King of kings and the Lord of lords. He's the one that I want to, as they begin to worship this morning, you guys go and start staying with me this morning. As I was sitting there just a little bit ago, the Holy Spirit said, I wasn't done yet. I wasn't done. And go ahead and go to our worship setting there, Conrad, if you would. Can you just bow your head and close your eyes? We want to speak the name of Jesus. You say, over what? Over whatever you walked in here with, because the mighty God, if you need wisdom... You can, in this moment that we're about to have with the Holy Spirit, in this moment, you can just lift your hands and say, God, I need you today to be the wonderful counselor. Jesus, I need you today as your name is my everlasting father. I'm walking, I feel like, through this life alone. And you just need the heavenly father to come by the Holy Spirit and just pull you in close to where you are. I felt like sitting over there that there was a peace that was going to descend. And listen to me, a joy. Some of you just need some good Christmas joy. Can I tell you where that's found? It's not found in a gift or a better Christmas tree or anything else. It's found in a person this morning. Can we speak the name of Jesus, that name above all names? Jesus, we speak that name above every name. And Lord, I thank you today that the story of Christmas in Luke 2 is that God, we don't have to do this alone. You are Emmanuel, God with us. Father, I pray that that peace that passes all understanding would guard every heart, would guard every mind. 
Lord God, in this moment here in your presence, Father, we speak joy unspeakable and full of glory. That, Lord, even though that outwardly we are perishing, God, we can be renewed every day on the inside. So, God, I pray that that renewal of the Holy Spirit would find its place in each heart and each life this morning. Keep your head bowed and your eyes closed. If we can get a little more light in here, Conrad, I want to ask a question. Is everything I've talked about today, for him being an everlasting father, for him being the prince of peace, for him being what he said he would be in Isaiah, is a decision that we make in order to receive his salvation and to make him Lord of our life. Listen to me. Can't be your savior unless you also make him Lord. In other words, you give him your life. And can I tell you something this morning? When you give him your life, you're giving it to the one who created you, who knitted you together in your mother's womb, who loves you uh, more than anybody else. That's who you're coming to this morning. So the best decision that you can make right here before Christmas is to surrender fully to God and make Him Lord and Savior of your life. Everybody in here with their heads bowed and their eyes closed, if you say, I just want to lay my life down to Him and receive Him this morning as my Savior, would you just real heartily put your hands straight up in the air because we want to pray together. Amen. 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 Many people want to turn their life over to God. Here's what I want us to do. Here's what the Bible says. Confess with your mouth and believe in your heart. You would not be here this morning if the Holy Spirit hadn't drawn you into this house. So you're here for a reason. You're here for a divine appointment. And that's to meet the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, the Savior who died once for all. And we have to receive that free gift of salvation. So when you believe in your heart, confess with your mouth, it says they shall be saved. So let's pray this together. Heavenly Father, I come to you today with an honest heart and an open heart, acknowledging that I have sinned and I've gone my own way. Today, Heavenly Father, I turn back to you. I ask you to forgive me. I ask you to wash me clean. I invite you now to come into my life, change my heart, surround me with your presence. I repent of my sin and I believe that you died, paid for my sin, rose again on the third day and you said, at the right hand of the Father. In Jesus' mighty name. And all God's people said, Amen. Amen. Let's praise God for those who committed their life to Christ today. If that was you and you raised your hand, let me encourage you. The best thing you can do is to get planted in a church with fellow believers who can encourage you, a pastor who can help lead you in the scriptures and teach you, and to be able to be a part of a body and begin to get into the Word of God and begin to be what a believer is, is a disciple of Him. Amen? Amen? Let me bless you today as you go. Father, again, in the name of Jesus, I bless the people of Christian Center Church. Father, is this time of year when we focus on the birth of Your Son? We just acknowledge today that we need You in every moment, every breath that we take. God, we need You. 
We need your presence. We need your leading. We need your guiding. I bless the people of Christian Center Church today with your presence going before them and with them and around them. Lord, as we leave here, may we be blessed going in and blessed going out. May we be blessed in our homes with our families, and may we be blessed at work. Father, may everything we do have the favor, anointing, and unction of God upon it as we follow you with all of our hearts. Father, we love and praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Go in the name of the Lord, church. Tonight, 6 o'clock is our program. If you come back and want to enjoy that, we would be delighted to have you today. God bless. Go in the name of the Lord. Have a wonderful day.